0: All right everybody, what is going on? This is your man L Jamar coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts today in part 1 of my weekend wrap up today we'll be going over some college football highlights as well as some NBA action and then I got a review for you guys. I'll be going over the Joker for you guys today and then later on tonight, possibly tomorrow morning, I'll have part 2 of that weekend wrap up. I'll have all the NFL scores for you guys, some NBA standings, as well as a review of Dr. Sleep. Um, Let's get right into it, of course, with some college football news. Uh, This one's coming from Alabama, and it looks like their starting quarterback, Starting quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, will be missing the rest of the year. The junior quarterback suffered a dislocated hip in the second uh, second quarter versus Mississippi State. He will undergo more testing, including an MRI and a CAT scan, and will miss the rest of the year. Uh, the tie will still go on to win the game, 38-7, to and Bama was actually up 35-7 to uh, when Tua took his injury. Uh, he was actually hit from behind. Uh, by two defenders while scrambling. Uh, He would need to be carted off the field. Now, this thing here, uh, I'm going to break down some stats here. Very important stats, especially uh, for Alabama going ahead into the uh, the last few games of the season. Uh, Tua did pretty well up until the injury. He would go 14 of 18 for 258 yards. He would also score two touchdowns. However, uh, like I said, they were up 35 to 7 in the second quarter when he went down. They would only score three more points after that, and the Back up, Mac Jones, he will go just a 7 11, 7 4 11 for 94 yards and zero touchdowns. He didn't throw any picks, but zero touchdowns. I, th- I thought that was kind of concerning, uh, being that they are fighting for a conference championship. Uh, that I think that definitely, uh, I don't think that, I mean, it. it takes them out out of the, ch- the the conference championship game i mean of course they've already lost to lsu uh but again if they were to make it it'd just be a little bit diff- more difficult to win it it's a little bit more difficult to get to the playoffs now without two attackers just uh just look at the stats right now again he already had he would he already provided the team two touchdowns uh right before his injury and that was just in two quarters Mac jones he uh, pretty much has the rest of the way to go. The rest of the second quarter, of course, this, the whole second half. He only puts up 94 passing yards. I thought that was very concerning. Um, and look, and look for. Um, I think that might. Be come back to haunt Alabama in that major in that ball game they have and, and somewhat uh, throughout the rest of this year. They only got a couple games left, but I, I think it might come back to haunt them. Uh, but let's go through the rest of the top 25 scores uh, throughout college football. First and foremost, we got Oklahoma State getting it done in some Big 12 action versus Kansas. 31-13 uh, was the final score there. Oklahoma, of course, is a 2015 in the nation. Up next, we have number nine Penn State uh, needing all four quarters to get it done against Number 24, Indiana, 34 to 27 is the final score here. Uh, like I said before, Alabama was able to get the best of Mississippi State despite not having Tua. Uh, number four, Alabama gets it done, 38 to seven. Uh, look for them to possibly move up in the rankings. Up next, we have number 16, Michigan, getting it done against Michigan. Uh, Michigan State, 44 to 10 was the final score there. Number uh, number 15, Wisconsin gets a win against Nebraska, 37. To 21. Up next, we have Florida getting an easy victory against Missouri. Uh, number 11, Florida, gets this one uh, 23 to 26. i uh, sorry, sorry, 23 to 6. Up next, we have number 16, Notre Dame, beating number 21 Navy 52. Uh, sorry, number 16, uh, Notre Dame, beating number 21 Navy 52 to 20. Up next, uh, we have Wake Forest getting it done. Easily against Wake Forest 51 to 3 was the final score there. Number 18, Houston, was also able to sorry, number 15, number 18, Memphis was also able to beat Houston 45 to 28. Up next, we have unranked Iowa State taking out Texas, number 22, Texas, 22 to 21 was the final score there. Uh, up next, we have another upset here, uh, not an upset actually. Uh, we have uh, FC. SEC matchup here between number five Georgia and number 13 Auburn. Uh, Number five Georgia was able to pull this one out 21 uh, to 14. Uh, For at this point in the season, Georgia is now nine and one, and Auburn is now seven and three. Let's break down the stats in this one. For Georgia, uh, they were led offensively by quarterback Jake Fromm, who went 13 of 28 for 110 yards. He also would throw for, two, uh, for three touchdowns. Running back DeAndre DeAndre Swift would have 106 rushing yards, and wide receiver Dominic Blaylock would have two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, and wide receiver George Pickens and running back Brian Herrian would have receiving touchdowns as well. On defense, the Bulldogs were led by linebacker Monty Rice, who would have 10 total tackles, and defensive back Eric Stokes, who would have seven total tackles. For uh, for Auburn, on offense, they were led by quarterback Bo Nix, who went 30 of 50 for 245 yards. He would throw for a touchdown. He would also be the team's leading rusher with 42 rushing yards. He'd also have a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, wide receiver Seth Williams would have 13 catches for 121 yards, and wide receiver Eli Stove would have a receiving touchdown. On defense, the Auburn Tigers were led by Jeremiah Denson, who would have eight total tackles and uh, defensive end, excuse me, Marlo Davidson, who would have five total tackles and a sack. Up next, we have number two, Ohio State, getting a pretty easy win against Rutgers, 56-21. to Here is the first upset. Here is one of the main upsets of the day. Number seven, Minnesota, goes down on the road against number 23, Iowa. I'm not, kind of not surprised by this one the final score here was 19-23. Uh, Minnesota moves up to 9-1. Uh, Iowa moves up to 7-3. Let's break down the stats in on this one as well. Our offense, Minnesota was led by quarterback Tanner Morgan, who uh, who went 25-36 for 368 yards. He'd also throw for a touchdown on the ground. Rodney Smith would lead the way with 46 rushing yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Tyler Johnson would have 9 catches, 170 yards and a touchdown wide receiver Rashad Bateman would have six catches for 98 yards. On defense, defensive back Antoine Winfield Jr. would lead the way for the Golden Gophers, getting eight total tackles. And also linebacker Braylon, uh, Braylon Oliver would have three total tackles and a sack. For Iowa, uh, offensive leader led by quarterback Nathan Stanley, he would go 14-23 for 173 yards and two touchdowns. Running back Tyler Goodson would have 94 rushing yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Tyrone Tracy Jr. would have six total catches for 77 yards. And wide receiver Emir Smith Marset and wide receiver Rico Ragini would catch uh catch touchdown passes as well. On defense, uh, on defense, the Hawkeyes were led by linebacker Christian Welch, who would have 11 total tackles and a sack, and defensive end AJ Ipenza, who would have four total tackles and two sacks. Up next, we have an American Athletic Conference matchup between number 17 Cincinnati, uh, who gets the win against unranked South Florida, 20 17. Up next, we have number one LSU getting it done against Ole Miss, 58 37. And we have a big time Big 12 matchup last night between number 10 Oklahoma and also number 12 Baylor. Oklahoma gets this one. They had to come back from a 25 point deficit. Uh, Oklahoma wins this one uh, 34 to 31. Both teams are now 9 1 of the year. For Oklahoma our was led by quarterback Jalen Hurts who went 30 of 42 for 297 yards. He would have four touchdowns but he threw a pick as well. He would also leave uh, both teams on the ground with 140 14 rushing yards. Running back Kennedy Brooks would also add 93 yards on the ground. In terms of receiving, wide receiver Lee Morris will lead the way with seven catches at 86 yards, and wide receiver Theo Weiss Reese, Reese would have a receiving touchdown fullback. Braylon Willis would have a receiving touchdown. And tight end Austin Stogner would have two receiving touchdowns. On defense, the Sooner was led by linebacker Kenneth Murray, who had eight total tackles. Defensive back Parnell Motley, who would have five total tackles. And Ronnie Perkins on the defensive line, who would have three total sacks. For Baylor, offensively, they were led by quarterback Charlie Brewer, excuse me, who went eighteen of twenty-nine for one hundred and ninety-four yards. He would throw two touchdowns. He'd also throw a pick. But on the ground, he would have sixty-five rushing yards and two touchdowns, leading the way on the ground for the Baylor Bears. In terms of receiving, Denzel Mims will be the leading receiver here with six total catches for 92 yards. He would have two touchdown passes, uh, two touchdown catches as well, excuse me. And on defense, safety Chris Miller will lead the way with 13 total tackles. Linebacker Terrell Bernard would have 15 total tackles and a sack. And defensive back Grayland Arnold would have eight total tackles and a sack. Uh, Running out out the top 25 action, uh, we had number eight Utah getting it done against UCLA and some Pac-12 South Action, forty-nine to three was the final score there. Number nineteen, st- uh, number nineteen Boise State blows out New Mexico, forty-two to nine. And finally, the Cavaliers to take everything off some back, and some back into Pac-12 action. Number six Oregon gets it done against Arizona, thirty-four to six. All right, y'all. I am going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'll be breaking down some NBA action. Uh, yeah, I'll be right back. Alright y'all, I'm back, let's talk some hoops, no news to really go over tonight, Uh, little out, actually, uh, at the start of next week, I'll give you guys a, a look at the standings, in the league but no real news today but let's get right into it with the scores from last night uh first things first we have an eastern conference matchup between the nets and the bulls the nets get the best of the bulls in this one uh 117 to 111 is the final score uh the nets are now five and seven the bulls are four and nine uh and the nets and in this one the nets were led by guard spencer Dinwiddie, who would have 24 points and also four assists and four joe harris would have 22 pins A uh, 22 points excuse me eight assists and also so four rebounds for the Bulls. They were led by guard Zach Levine, who had 36 points and also three rebounds. Center Wendell Carter Jr. would have 18 points, 14 rebounds, and two assists. And forward Lowry and who would have 16 points and 10 rebounds. Up next, we got another Eastern Conference matchup between the Bucks and the Pacers. The Bucks get the uh, get the W in this one. 102 to 83 was the final score in that one. The Hornets was able to beat the Knicks as well. 103 to 102. The Heat got the best of the pelicans 109 and 94. we got the rockets beating the timberwolves 125 to 105 and the blazers they get a win here in this one against the spurs 121 to 116. i'm gonna break down the stats in this one for the blazers they were led by cj mcconnell who had 32 points he also would have seven assists and six rebounds dang would have 22 points six assists and also six rebounds and the sound right side would be another 20 point score with 21 points and also 12 rebounds For the Spurs, they were led by Lamarcus Aldridge, who had 30 points, 13 rebounds, and also two assists against his former team. Guard Brent Forbes, who would have 17 points, and also for DeMar DeRozan. And DeMar DeRozan and also Rudy Gay would also have 16 points between each of them, between both of them. And uh, moving on, we got the Raptors beating the Mavericks 110. I'm sorry, the Mavericks beating the Raptors one ten to one hundred two. And finally, uh, we have the Clippers blowing out the Hawks one fifty to one hundred one. Uh, the final, uh, sorry, one fifty to one hundred one. The Clippers are now eight and five on the year. The Hawks, they are now four and eight. Um, so the Hawks that were led by Trey Young, who had 20 points and six assists. He would also have five rebounds. For DeAndre Hunter, who would have 12 points and 12 rebounds, and also guard Cam Reddish, he would put up 12 points. Four rebounds and also three assists for the Clippers. Uh Kawhi was out with a with a contusion, I believe, in his leg. Uh, but Paul George will lead the way, going for thirty-seven points. He'd also have four rebounds and also three assists. Guard Jerome Robinson would have twenty-one points and four rebounds, and also Lou Williams would have twenty-five points, six assists, and also six rebounds coming off the bench. And finally, Montrezl Montrez Harrell would have seventeen points, four rebounds. To assist, uh, I'm going to wrap everything up for the sports today. I will be half, well, if not today, uh, maybe I. The plans to come back tonight of course uh, depends on how I feel out the work if not of course you'll be hearing from me tomorrow morning I'll be giving you the part 2 of, uh, of my sports wrap up of the weekend uh, of course we'll be having some NFL action and then of course we'll be going over the scores and also the standings in the NBA uh, and then some news of course in the NFL as well but before I let you guys go today of course I had that review for you guys uh, I had recently uh, recently, uh, within about a week or so I had uh, well, I saw the Joker uh, the newest joker movie of course with joaquin phoenix we're going to talk about it just for a little bit um i think it's it's still relatively new i think it's relatively popular enough so a lot of you guys have probably watched it so i don't even think i need to go through too much of a synopsis uh but i will break down what worked for me what didn't work for me and generally uh how i thought the movie turned out uh personally what i really liked about it um Was I did like Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, I think everybody who's ever been a Joker, whether it be um, uh, whether whether it be I'm sorry, uh, Jack Nicholson. Heath Ledger, even Jared Leto, I feel like everybody puts their own little spin on it. And I think everybody generally, for the most part, makes it work. Even if we might not like Jared Leto's performance as much as Heath Ledger's, or uh people might be at odds between Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger or whoever. Uh, I definitely think every every individual that's um put put on the Joker mask or you know, did the role. Uh it's definitely made it unique. Uh whether it was all the way back in the sixties with the T V show and him and you know the comical look that he had, uh whether you look at the, the ranged look that Heath Ledger had or even now with some of the elements that um, with joaquin phoenix had everybody's a little bit different which i liked Uh, so everybody took a little bit of a and everybody i think everybody had a different approach to the role as well i definitely think joaquin phoenix and heath ledger were definitely the method actors uh of the role and i think that definitely shows uh there's some there's some things there that I, i definitely think um that took some time for joaquin to to get about the character, but I think once he was able to exhibit that, I, there's there's things um, again. There's things such as the laugh, uh, just his just his instability. I thought um, I thought. Joaquin Phoenix did a good job of conveying that um as far as you know because I you know there was a couple you know complaints that I did hear about the movie one was that he killed all these different black people and all this uh, for what it's worth yeah he might have killed a few black folk but he killed some white people too uh he was a killer the point was that he was deranged and crazy uh I thought the movie did a pretty decent job of showing how you know how that manifests when you know society ignores these people they take away the people's resources and they have really nowhere else to go i thought the movie did a great job explaining that uh the relationship between uh his mother um i can't remember her name off the top of my head uh but his mother and also bruce uh bruce wayne's father uh, i thought that was interesting you know she worked for him of course she had her mental issues she you know uh don't want to get too much away um yeah, I don't want to get too much of the plot away, but let's just say she has mental issues, and that and that comes back to Han, uh Arthur Arthur Fleck uh, that being the Joker at some point in the movie. Uh, but then you also, but you, you get to see some of all that. You get to see a lot of uh, mental instabilities and where it starts to an extent. You saw uh, how, you, and again, you uh, through the course of the plot, the movie, you got to see how it uh, it affected Arthur throughout his life, and not and not only just you know it didn't just culminate with him just going crazy or just turning into the joker it was a process of of his entire life of abuse of of substance abuse around him so there was a lot he had to go through a lot of factors and i think that this movie gave you a good good you know um view of that you got to see the dysfunction between the parents and the abuses of the parents uh because it, it turned out one thing i will give away uh was that the mom his mom wasn't as much of a saint as she claimed to be. She definitely was losing her mind because of those things that she did in her past. So uh, again, it comes back to uh, it comes back full circle, and I and I thought that it was a good. It was a good showing of mental instability of where those mental instabilities can take you and what it can do to society. Again, especially if we have factors such as, you know, uh, classism, uh, which I thought the movie did a pretty decent job of showcasing Uh, they, um, you know, in terms of. The words being said to define each each group, uh, in terms of how each side treated each other, you got to see that dynamic, and it's not so much different in reality because there is class in, in this real world, and and we obviously see where the rich and the super powerful, uh, they take their cut, they take the biggest cut, and they don't really really do any sharing, and they kind of leave us the regular working man to kind of scramble, and we still have to pay the bill, we still have to divide, provide provide uh, health insurance for our families, we have to provide car insurance and all kinds of insurance for ourselves so i think the movie did a really great job of showcasing all those things um one thing i did think that got too a little bit too out of far uh, too a a little bit too far for me was near the ending uh the whole scene where he got ran over but he survived we got hit in the car but he survived and everybody's doing this whole um this whole mob this, everybody moms him and kind of has this whole um parade but b- besides him i thought that was a little bit crazy i thought that a little bit over the top um it, but you know again you know it, it, i guess you know if it's you know whatever the movie was trying to go into i i i you know and it was a good for me, it was a good background story. You got to see a little. You got to see a little bit of uh, a nod towards a young Batman. There was also even uh, some discrepancy on whether or not they were actually, you know, step brother. you know step brothers. That'll come up in the movie. I thought that was very interesting how they played it. Of course, it didn't end up going that way. But just the fact that they were able to kind of hint at it and kind of go in those different directions and kept your mind going a little bit. I definitely enjoyed it. It was not a bad movie. Uh, Any negatives that I could say? Not necessarily. I didn't think... I thought it was a really good movie from beginning to end. I thought The Supporting cast was was, uh, pretty good. Robert De Niro being Merlin. Um, I also found that death kind of kind of crazy as well uh, with the joker just kind of just stabbing that guy on national on well on local tv i don't know how that was able to get you know how that would ever you know work in real life but again i, I on when i think about it you know when i saw it in real time when i'm watching the movie and i saw it in real time i was thrown off by it but uh the more i think about it i was like wow that dude was just really a killer And that's just kind of what his, mode, what his mode was he was just trying to you know create a, a situation in which there was kind of some uh faltering in society there was some type of uh moment where everything kind of um you know it went crazy so i i get it now i totally get the killing now um and i liked it it made sense it was it was just what it was supposed to. he i mean he murked everybody pretty much you know on that or uh, he murked almost everybody on that panel so um really really uh off the wall movie um really some some scenes that really worked well i, I like the scenes where they cut to him dancing and just doing all type of crazy stuff because again it, it just encapsulates the moment uh it what he's going through especially when he's going down the stairs and they got a scene of him going down the stairs and he's just kind of into it and he knows what's going on in the city he knows that he's pretty much caused all that drama so he's kind of reveling in it those type of shots i really love they think harken me back to the end of of, uh, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where yeah, the kids they get away from the killer, but he's he's still there. He's been killed half of everybody. He killed everybody else. So he's just kind of ringing ringing his chainsaw around, like, hey, you know, I did my thing. You might have got away, but I'm still here. I'm still here. So it's kind of it kind of took me back to that. I definitely liked all that. Uh, but I'm going to call it a wrap-up today, guys. Uh, if, like I said, if I come back either tonight, uh, if I don't come back tonight, it'll be definitely tomorrow morning. i will be going over part two of my weekend wrap-up. Of course, uh, some NFL scores. Oh, some end-of-the-year baseball awards as well. The MVP was announced as well as the Cy Young Award for the best pitcher in baseball. So we're going to go over all those awards uh, as well as some NFL action, some news, all the action from today. Of course, like I said before, we're be going over some NBA news and some news. Uh, some scores from tonight and also the standings as well and um, oh yeah like I said the other review of Dr. Sleep with Ewan McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson so we're gonna go through that those uh, those topics uh, like I said either tomorrow or tonight again I do work so it's just all dependent on how I feel all right guys if you're looking to get in touch with me you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com you can also hit me up on Facebook or on Instagram at l Jamal That is E L J A E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. and I. Once again, that is El Jamal I. I also have a Facebook page for the show as well. It's called Never Out of Bounds, just like the show never out of bounds all right y'all i am gonna call it a wrap for now uh you will you will possibly hear from me like i said later on tonight or in the morning uh if anybody hasn't told if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love and i will holler at y'all later